0: Welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read manga before. Hosted by myself, David Brothers, Deb Ioki, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. And I did the thing again where I say myself and then introduce Deb, and it sounds like I'm not part of myself, but <laughs> we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> no time so, to do it over. Come on. Yeah, no, no editing wrong. this we're episode. I am David Brothers, and this week's episode is number 31, season two, episode five, depending on how you like to keep count out there in podcast land. This is Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist Journey by Akiko Higashimura. It's published by Seven Seas. It was translated by Ginny McKeon, and the adaptation was Elizabeth McFarlane, who we've uh, seen on the show before, and lettering and layout by Lise Blakesley, who we've also seen before. Blake Canvas is essentially, according to the back cover, high schooler Akiko has big plans to become a popular mangaka before she even graduates, but she's got a lot to learn if she ever wants to reach her goal. Looking for an easy fix, she signs up for an art class, thinking all her problems will soon be solved. She's in for a surprise. Her new instructor is a bamboo sword-building taskmaster who thinks her drawings are crap. But maybe this unconventional art teacher is just what she needs to realize her dreams. An autobiographical manga by the creator of Princess Jellyfish. And so I did not read all of Princess Jellyfish. It wasn't super my bag. But it's one of those series where all of my friends like it. So clearly, higashi did something right. What's it about? Uh, It's about a lady who lives in an apartment building where only otaku women are allowed. Like It's a ladies-only building, and they all have their own kind of fandom mm. it was pretty funny but like it skewed like a little young for me okay but i really fell in love with higashimura with tokyo tara reba girls which we'll be reading later in the season
1: just two weeks from now
0: yeah right so soon 30 something apocalyptic romance i guess is a good way to put it mm. like all right that romance anxiety that you get in your 30s where you're like oh man like do i need to get married you know
2: <laughs> i'll be alone uh, forever <laughs> right <laughs>
3: the idea was, do i need to get married again oh, oh, No, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but tokyo tarareba girls made a huge impression on me it was my favorite book like the year it came out i really loved it and it led me to blank canvas my so-called artist journey which actually has a much different title in japanese i found out while doing you know like a modicum of research for this thing the Japanese title basically translates to "so and so, such and such," which sort of... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like,
4: <laughs> yeah, kind of, but because like "kaku kaku shika jika. yeah, but it's kind of a play on "kaku," which is draw, mm. which is what uh, the teacher keeps telling her to do. Okay. Interesting, draw. draw.
0: Huh. Mm. I need to keep up with my Japanese study, though. <laughs> but I really wanted to see what Chip and the gang thought about this for one, because Chip is an artist who presumably went to art school. I feel like you've mentioned that on the show before. It's true. And also I feel like Higashimura kind of preemptively critiques herself a lot. And I want to see if Chip agrees with the various things that she brings up, but (laughs) we'll work our way up to that. I think we'll start with Chris, then Deb and then Chip. Chris, what did you think of Blank Canvas?
1: I'd actually already read it. I think maybe people got that from season two, episode three, where we announced this. And you were like, I want to do Blank Canvas. And I was like, oh my God, I love that manga. So (laughs) I was actually really, really stoked, actually, to get to read something, A, that I had already read. B, was only one volume in short, (laughs) which made me (laughs) picking three volumes that much less of a problem. (laughs) Higashimura is good, like really good. And it's nice to get to see... The Jose Mangaka start to find their audience in North America. It's it's really tough. It's like an uphill climb, and so I'm delighted to see that there, like her, her work continues to get released, and that we'll probably get more in f- the future, which is really nice. I really, I like this manga a lot. Uh, it really cut me the first time I read read it as someone who was a teenager who liked to draw and who was one of the better drawers of the people that were around him (laughs) and slamming into just being able to draw comic book stuff or manga stuff isn't the same thing as having an art career yeah it was like at times brutal reading it and i wish that i had found a way into training myself the way that she does in this volume she really works hard she's like forced to work hard by the sensei who, who realizes that And so it was a little heavy for me, but also it's ridiculously funny, like pure jokes. Love that part of it. It also like, you know, made me look back on things and be like, yeah, you didn't do that, but you learned how hard it is to actually be a professional artist. You know what I mean? Learn how hard it is to actually make comics. And I think it made me a lot more empathetic to other artists and other creators. And it kind of defined the rest of my career from that point on where it was like, why don't you just like. Do good things for people that make comics. If you're not willing to, like, you know, put yourself through the crucible to get to make those good comics yourself, yeah.
3: When are you going to start doing good things for me?
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Jessica wouldn't approve. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great book, and to the point where I'm like a sad. I have to go first because if you guys don't (laughs) like it, I feel like. So it's such an asshole, but no, it's good stuff. And I think anyone who's had an artistic career where they, where they did have to really struggle with their work and their own self, like their, their impression of their own work, I think is going to be, it's, it's, it's a great manga for them. Did you have a favorite character out of curiosity? Someone who really struck you? No, that's the other thing. Everyone, like, obviously it's, it's her story told from her, her perspective. And I think that that's really clear. Most of the other characters don't have, like they all are well composed. They have an interiority, but it's not necessarily on display. Mm-hmm. I think the best character moment in the book actually is when her friend who goes to take the the, the, the art university entrance exam with her gets to the city, sees where the school is going to be in the middle of the mountains and is just like, nah, <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> this exam. If I get into this one, my parents are Hard coming. cast. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. so good. But then yeah. she does this amazing comics thing where she cuts forward and it's the only time she does this in the whole book to that character as a grown-up who's still her friend and who's like, "Oh yeah, I, I kind of remember that that happened." And she's like, "What do you mean you kind of remember? You just sat in the room all day watching comedies and made me go take the entrance exam by myself." And you get to see, you're reminded that this is these are events that have already unfolded and you're mm-hmm. being like they're being un- re unfolded to you as as the reader, but getting to see that like one time where she brings the you know in mid-story she brings the the story forward again to show that this life and death situation of you being a teenager and trying to decide your fate in art comics it's just like you know a middle-aged woman having a cigarette having a coffee with her pal going i guess i remember that it's not that important is it yeah but it's like a huge plot point in this story (laughs) and i think that that's also like especially coming at it from someone who's older who's not in the middle of that like Oh my god, everything I do with my art right now is going to define the rest of my life. I'm not in that phase of my life anymore, thank Christ. Uh, <laughs> I think that that is like such a breather. You know what I mean? Like you get to like yeah. Oh, she didn't do that thing and she's still okay. Like she doesn't care. <laughs> like yeah, you know? it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Like it maybe it didn't work out. Maybe she didn't go into art at all, but she's okay. She's a person. You know yeah, what I okay. mean? Who still exists. They still have a friendship. I thought that that was probably the best character moment
3: yeah and that, and that character doesn't really have any real sense of anxiety throughout the story
1: no she's like, so, so that, cool
3: that really tracks with her like present day self just like what that
0: thing oh yeah oh well what? oh, whatever yeah that
1: yeah and i think that there are more character moments but that was the one that, that stood out for me okay
0: deb how about you what did you think of plank canvas
4: oh yeah well obviously this is something i was really happy when i got licensed it was one of when we did the best and worst manga this was one one year it was my um, this should be lices pick
0: <laughs> nice like, oh I wow
4: i really liked it a lot i can relate to a lot of it mm. i too went to art school <laughs> i too thought i was going to make shoujo manga <laughs> <laughs> i had all the all the you know the background of being the talented one in art in school and then letting yourself think oh, i'm so talented oh i'm so
2: good and then
4: like <laughs> then having your face slammed into it like no actually you're not that good at all <laughs>
2: Yeah, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) But,
4: you know, it's really fascinating to read this because it's coming from a place of, you know, like, unlike being in real time where it's just the person is a high school or college student going through this, there's this kind of melancholy thread going Mm. through it where Mm -hmm. this person is remembering how selfish or naive or bad decisions were made. Kind of like in You know, journal of my father. Mm -hmm. There's that feeling of, oh, I didn't realize it at the time because I was young and selfish and kind of full of myself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, my teacher did all this stuff, and he was actually very kind, even though he was hitting me with a bamboo sword every five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, the artwork is is pretty is pretty crisp. But you know, I was a little bit curious because one, there's no translation notes in the back. And two, is it, if you never read Akiko Higashimura's actual manga, does this book make sense? You know, like, do you really grasp that she's this successful manga artist looking back on herself in a self deprecating Mm -hmm. way? Or is this just kind of readable as just, oh, just this interesting story about a girl growing up
3: and
2: Mm -hmm.
4: deciding to get into art school?
3: Well, I mean, I can answer that.
0: Please. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs)
3: as the person who hasn't read any of her work before there's a sense that she's a professional there's not necessarily a sense that she's super successful Hmm. just that she is she has made it she has a career like that's Mm -hmm. that's basically all i got from it whether her range of success was high or low i have no idea but Hmm. it's clear reading this that this is her job this is
0: what she does so yeah that's the case cool what yeah. did you think about it?
3: I loved it and much like Deb, it, it, and Chris, it, it hit home for me very directly. Like <laughs> very directly. Like I I was the same, you know, I, I was like I was the the class artist in high school and then what happened was I, I went to graphic design school because I didn't understand you could draw for a living, so I mm-hmm. took design. <laughs> but I spent that whole year doodling. And using every project as an excuse to draw, and my teacher was like, "Why are you drawing? You're a graphic designer. Like, you should take illustration." And so I, I essentially flunked out that year. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Sheridan College, which is like the, the, the big college in my province for art." And me and my buddy were putting together our portfolios for it, and I was just like, oh, "This is a piece of cake." <laughs> I just I'll, my portfolio I'll draw the scenes they want I'll i can draw a ball fine i'll draw a cube whatever easy doing all my little tricks and i submitted and i didn't get in and my buddy did wow so my fallback was uh, art fundamentals which is basically just like the breakfast club of art nice like, <laughs> like just <laughs> like it, it was uh, so sheridan college they're known for their animation program which oh. was huge at the time. Like anyone that worked for Disney came from there. They also had a really great illustration program. Mm-hmm. So basically, anyone who couldn't get into animation or illustration got into art fundamentals because you didn't need a portfolio oh. to get in, mm-hmm. and it basically spent a year teaching you how to do a good portfolio.
1: So that was super humbling. Illustration or animation, yeah, yeah,
3: that was super super humbling. And yeah, yeah, that that realization, like, oh no, I'm not going to be like. Like uh, the the top artist in the class, or I probably won't end up working in in comics or doing anything art related. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just try and eke out a living. Yeah, that that hits pretty hard, especially when you're young and you have those dreams. Like the the page that I love the most in here is when she just details what she thinks her life is going to be to the (laughs) point where, where where women are sporting the hairstyle of her character. (laughs) <laughs> just such a funny like I get it I get those those daydreams like I remember doodling Spider-Man comics like in high school just being like oh man I'm gonna blow them out of the water this is amazing And then I produced just a lot of garbage just a lot of
2: garbage
3: <laughs> I never had a teacher quite as hard on me as her sensei was in this but there were definitely teachers who you know basically called you out in your bullshit <laughs> when you're you know usually using visual tricks to like cover the fact that you don't know how to draw. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> this very directly hit me. I was also just uh, super fascinated with the process mm. of of schooling, like the fact that like these students were flying like across country to do basically art exams mm, as teenagers. As teenagers and just like studying all these different like statues, hoping that they're going to get that statue because they know how to draw that statue. It's just like, <laughs> So stressful.
0: So like, different, so right? Stressful. How they yeah. get to
4: art school. Cause like in this case, like they have cram schools so you can pass these exams.
3: Yeah. That's yeah, amazing.
4: It's not, it's unheard of in America, right? It's like, you don't, you either do a portfolio and you kind of hope you get in or yeah. you go to some place that, flips through your portfolio really fast and says, you got the money?
2: <laughs> yeah, <You know>? yeah.
3: <laughs> Basically, yeah. I think that's most schools now. Yeah, so I, I mean, I found, it, I found it super educational and I, I love watching her journey. This is definitely one of those books where I was, I was eager to read a volume two at the end of it to see nice. where, where she goes. I also, I, I like, there were, there were a few scenes and pages that I really liked. Hmm. There's a page with her in present day pouring herself a cup of tea and then it's the drawing of of like the really Mm, nice drawing of her art utensils Mm. and her basically kind of apologizing to her sensei like it took me a long time to kind of figure it out it's such a beautiful delicate page and it doesn't really show her face and it's a quiet moment of her pouring the tea which you know reflects the sensei giving them all tea i also really liked the, the scene with her and the sensei when he buys her the beer she has one sip of it
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: such a such a weird character, that guy, like the fact that it's uh, autobio this is it's it's funny like things hit harder when you when you know something's autobio, and I think I've said this before, it's like watching whose line is it anyway, and like how the jokes don't necessarily land if they were scripted but because you know they're done on the spot, they're funnier, yeah, mm. so the fact that the sensei like tried to carry her on his back,
2: mhm. <laughs>
3: Like, if that was just a normal story, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of charming. And this one, I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> because you know it's probably true.
0: I love the sensei character because he's kind of, he's in basically every sports manga. Like, he's a guy riding behind <laughs> yeah, yeah, a boxer okay. on a bicycle, like, hitting him with a stick. He's, you know, the coach making him do drills.
3: Yeah, or he's coacher, Paulie and Rocky.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've yeah, never yeah. seen it for art school. But it makes perfect sense, kind of, with his approach, which is like, look, I'm going to like you draw how you draw. I'm going to show you how to approach drawing, how to be a Mm -hmm. professional, how to finish your work, essentially. Yeah. So I did not go to art school. I'm actually a college dropout, but I almost went to art school because in high school, I was in kind of an art class track, like doing like charcoals and landscapes and things like that. But I never got the hang of like human proportions. But I realized that writing was easier, so I switched gears like the end of my junior year. So reading this was super fascinating for me because it's a bunch of struggles that I just kind of like punked out of when I was 17 years old and never had to do, like the art tests and that kind of thing. And because I know her work and I'm so entertained by her work, it's funny seeing her as kind of one of her own characters. But yeah, when I was a kid, you know, everyone drew when I was a kid. That was just a thing that children did. You know, Ninja Turtles, I, I came up in the image era. So if you couldn't draw like a Jim Lee, Wolverine, or Gambit, you were a loser, you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I could also draw those things, yeah. Right? <laughs> so wait, so Rob Liefeld was a loser?
0: Kind of, sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so this book was really fun kind of seeing how she thinks of her art, but also how she thinks of herself as an artist. Because she's hmm. so self, so, She's so delfted. I cannot say self-deprecating. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just going to leave that in. Forget it. But we all know how talented and successful she is. So the balance of seeing like her dumb teenage self and then her more melancholy, you know, adult self, who is more or less the same age I am now, which is another reason why I really enjoy her work is the change in perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked a lot about books that people you can feel like they they enjoy the act of drawing. Do you feel like this is one of those? no
1: but it also doesn't feel labored either it feels like it comes naturally but she doesn't oh it's weird that you asked that that's actually hurting my brain a little bit because i agree yeah it doesn't feel like she just loves park putting parks on the page but i think Mm -hmm. she likes to tell stories
3: yeah yeah i think that's it she loves making comics which i think is a
0: different thing than loves to draw Yeah. yeah i was gonna say that she loves comics in general when yeah. I was planning this conversation in my head earlier today.
4: Uh, <laughs> She's actually kind of well known for being extremely pr- productive. Mm. Like like hundred pages a month.
1: I would believe so it. She's Two yeah. or three ongoing serials right now, like a webtoon and then like a magazine comic and then stuff like that. I was just looking up like crazy we tried to actually invite her to tcaf but she literally never has a break in her schedule because <laughs> her series are always overlapping so maybe golden week but maybe not actually because that's when she's catching up on stuff sensei
0: yeah.
3: really broke her brain
0: i think <laughs> really truly and she's drawn herself in that kind of track jacket that he wears as a self-portrait for years it's in tokyo yeah. Reba girls i believe it's in Princess jellyfish, and because since she's never mentioned this guy before now, you know there was no chance to really like kind of digest what that means for her as an adult, as an artist. Like, is it an homage to Sensei, or is it just that like track jackets are cool?
2: You
1: know, well, or both. Pick up on that. that that could go either way, right? Yeah. Right,
0: right. Uh, Deb, you said something interesting about how there's a lot of her actual drawings in this book.
4: Oh yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Like if you yeah. look in the in the first couple pages.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's this, yeah.
4: like in elementary school, I joined the manga club and it says actual artwork from back then. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
4: it, it, it legitimately does look like artwork that a, six, a sixth grader would draw from a yeah. reading shoujo manga magazine. It's, yeah, it's interesting because, and then there's a lot of shoujo manga affectations in this, like the mm-hmm. flowers all over the place. And <laughs> like on page 10, where there's this, where she has these blank eyes, like a yeah. glass mask
0: like sparkling shining i guess is a better word yeah
4: so she there's a kind of always this this back and forth between this shoujo manga sparkly dream Mm
0: -hmm. and
4: the reality that she's in now
0: (laughs) yeah i like how often the sparkly dream shows up right before like she gets her comeuppance or something yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly
3: (laughs) oh my god i'm just looking at that page with the blank eyes and the flowers and when her sensei, you know, compliments her. I love that she goes, to be honest, I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so good. And and I'm like, it? It. It's,
4: there's another page where, like on page 40, page 50, where she, said, she tells the school counselor, I'm going to be a shoujo manga artist. And he says, yo, I'm sure you'll succeed. You'll do everyone in Miyazaki proud. You really think so? I think so, too. And it's like <laughs> everyone's telling her, oh, my aunts and uncles and all my, all my, all my. All my all my friends, all my teachers and every, it said, my ego grew up too. Or should I say it blew up? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But there was one notable exception.
3: (laughs) It's such a weird, I mean, I think, I think about it a lot with, you know, a lot of my friends have kids. So, so I kind of, I kind of watch them go through the things that I went through and complimenting a kid versus critiquing them like what like when is it okay to do one or the other like Mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a hard thing because you want to encourage them to Mm. to draw or to do this thing that they really enjoy but like if it's just constant accolades and they just don't get better it's like are you setting them up for failure like are these teachers and the aunts and uncles are they helping or hurting like yeah does everyone have a role to play here like should you know one person in her life be you know hey you're great and the other person be like hey you don't know how to draw hands it kind of
2: balances like i i I remember i remember two
3: very specific moments as a kid where a relative critiqued my work oh yeah same (laughs) my mom i got oh look i got a one of those big 96 packs of Prismacolor pencil crayons. And I just mm-hmm. went to town with the green and I did this amazing She-Hulk. And I showed my mom the She-Hulk drawing. And she was like, who's that? I'm like, She-Hulk. She's like, that's a woman? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you just drew a man with <laughs> boobs. <laughs> and I was just like, and I looked and I was like, oh. Oh, she's right. Like, shouldn't she have like hips or something? Like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, I didn't even think there's a difference between, oh, <laughs> and I remember just like kind of walking away, like, oh, that's weird. What a weird feeling. But I got better at it. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Kind of stung. And then the other one was just, it was just a slight thing where my uncle Fred, who was the only uh, relative who read comics, I showed him a drawing I did of like, it was like Spider Man and his mask was kind of rolled up. And he's like he's like, Oh, that's that's good, but it gave him kind of a daredevil jaw. I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit too rugged for Spider-Man, isn't it? I'm like, oh, oh, I thought they all just looked the same, but no, I guess they don't. That's and, great know, feedback. I, it's great feedback, very cool. specific to comics. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny yeah. that those two things really stick out. The compliments have never stuck out. Like mm-hmm. I can't I can't think of like a time. I'm sure there were plenty of times where relatives or friends of the family or whatever, you know, told me that I was a great artist, uh, but I don't remember any of them because why would I? Like, it but just I remember rolled off them. your
4: back. <laughs> yeah, because
3: yeah. they're just like, oh, just another one of these compliments of my <laughs> of my She Hulk. That's just Hulk with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> the critiques stick out one because they stung, two because they actually meant something, and they made me do better.
4: But the critiques mm-hmm. also meant that they were looking at your work carefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to UA, University of Hawaii. Then I went to School of Visual Arts for like a semester, like no, two semesters. And then I came back to UH because SVA was too expensive and frankly not worth it.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but the thing in the art department in Hawaii was that professors were largely pretty easygoing. I mean, Hawaii is generally pretty easygoing. People are pretty yeah. nice but there was a art teacher who came from the mainland <laughs> to teach and he was he was uh, he was blunt yeah. he would tell people oh you know maybe you should do this and maybe you know that's not working and his critiques were were critiques hmm. and i liked that teacher a lot i learned a lot from him i got to be a lot better as an artist because he really looked at my work as an individual Mm-hmm. and gave me really good useful tips for getting better and because i took his advice seriously and had a conversation with him about it you know i i got better and i liked him a lot he was one of my favorite yeah. professors but a lot of the other kids really didn't like him because yeah. they were not used to being critiqued they were not yeah. being used to being told that their work wasn't good enough or they didn't put enough effort or they could you know maybe they should try something else so he—I don't think he lasted more than five years at UH. He mm. ended up going back to the mainland. But I think about that a lot, you know, in the sense that one that I feel bad for him because he—he he really cared. Yeah. And by being by being strict, showed he really cared, and he really cared about the quality of the work. But it made me feel also bad for the people who didn't take his critique seriously.
2: Like, what are yeah. you here for?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could always tell, I mean, in, in my program in illustration, there were a lot of kind of post-grads there who took fine art, realized they couldn't make any money in fine art, and they came to illustration. Oh. Mm. So they would come in, they'd be really good. And we'd be like, wow, they're really good. But they were always very defensive about critiques because they knew they were really good. And so over the three, four years I was there, everyone else got better and they didn't. Mm. They were too busy arguing with the teachers. Mm and essentially ended up becoming like the worst artist in the class after starting off as the best. Yeah. It's funny like you know the the, the relationship with the sensei here kind of mirrors a lot of like what I saw in school which is like at the beginning of the year when you had a tough teacher, people just didn't know what to make of it and people would be angry and just like what and how could they be like this? But as it goes on and then as they learn uh, maybe there's a Stockholm syndrome thing there too, but like by the end, they're beloved. Like mm. to, to to make to get like a, a, a B plus or whatever from them just means so much
0: because you had to earn it.
3: Because you had to earn it. Like I, I had teachers like that in high school too that weren't even necessarily art teachers. I had. <laughs> sorry, this just feels like storytelling <laughs> podcast. I apologize.
2: <laughs> That's a like fun. So go yeah. for it.
3: I was considered a uh, <laughs> don't want to brag, a gifted child. Mm. with bad grades. And so when I went into high school, I was in the, the gifted program. So me and my friends were in specific classes for the Smarties, and I didn't do very well. And in math, I did quite poorly, quite poorly. And they bumped me down. They kicked me out of the class and put me down to the next level, which was advanced. So I felt like a total failure. I'm just like, I got this teacher, Mrs. Lillo, and she was so mean, just so incredibly mean. And... I, I I couldn't stand her, but it was the same thing where like over the, because I was so scared of her, I focused because I didn't <laughs> want to get the bamboo sword. And by the end, like I was uh, uh what they call a mathlete. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I was competing on a provincial level for, wow. for geometry, which was like, you know, n- never repeated. Never. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the kind of thing. Fast forward decades later, I'm working at the newspaper and I had to do, I did like kind of humorous graphics about politics. So I did one about parliament and uh, how parliament was out of control. And um, I had all my solutions, my jokey solutions. And one of them was to bring in my old math teacher, Mrs. Lillo, <laughs> to set them straight. So I just did a little drawing of Mrs. Lillo, just like, you know, rapping somebody on the knuckles. <laughs> and, uh, and I got an email and it was from Mrs. Lillo. That rolls. And, and uh, I couldn't believe she's still alive. She was, must have been in her 80s. She's like, I just, my son pointed this out in the paper to me. And I was like, Is that, is that Steve Murray? Oh my goodness. And like, I don't think I was that hard on you, was I? And I just wrote oh, back. And I'm like, I was adorable. like, You're were, you were the best. You made me a much better student. And uh, I think you would whip Parliament into shape in no time.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually a great example of what you were talking about earlier, how. Like you don't know what kind of critique to give kids because yeah. like, they're kids. Like, I don't think your mom should be the person giving you art advice necessarily. <laughs> she should be. <laughs> <laughs> she should be the one saying, like, you know, I believe in you. Try your best. Yeah. It's when you like go out in the world and you meet your teachers, your Mrs. Lillos, your senseis, that like you kind of hit that wall, and it's like, yeah. oh, I have to draw this one bust fifty times to get it right.
3: Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. The w- one thing I was really interested in in this story was the fact that it was not a how-to.
2: Uh.
3: Yeah. Like, like, like almost, almost all instances of the sensei critiquing her was that this is crap. You're drawing it poorly, draw it better. Like it was never specific. It was never like, Oh, you need to push, pull here. You need to like focus on the, sometimes was talked about proportions, but like it was very general advice. So it, it didn't get kind of in the weeds on like, the specifics mm-hmm. of how to draw well, which part of me kinda wanted a little bit of that. Because <laughs> I wanted to know what she was doing wrong and what his advice actually was. But but it would have derailed the story. So I think it was a smart choice to kind of gloss over the specifics.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a subtextual thing where it's like the advice they're giving is like commit yourself hundred percent to what you're doing. Like learn the angles, you know, learn the bust. Yeah. Learn the bust.
4: <laughs> I love the the one on like one ten where he where it's like this, a picture of sensei as like an artist with a beret, and he goes, "Oh, you you would you would expect someone to say this? Like, oh, you could just draw fine without going to college, and yet he's he, like he's throwing a tantrum. i like toiling the circle, going like, you're never gonna pass with crap like that. Draw, draw, draw some more. If you gotta go to art school. Draw like your life depends on it. Damn it! He cusses, and you know if you really think about it, this it's amazing that. He didn't get reported <laughs>
2: for Yeah, this,
4: all this corporal punishment that and a verbal abuse. Like he tells this one girl, like, that's a kind of lunch a chimpanzee would eat. And then he's like making fun of this girl. And it's like, he's kind of a jerk.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. Like they don't, they don't like sugarcoat it at all. But also yeah. I think it's down to the fact that he's his own school. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he's not like in the school system. Like he wouldn't be a teacher in the school system because I of all he- those things. He yeah, can't, get yeah.
0: Yeah, can't
3: get fired. Yeah, he can't get fired. you just like, oh, you're done? You don't want to pay to be here? All
0: right, go. Yeah, but he is very observant at the same yeah. time. Like, he's, like, a kind jerk, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, what it is, he holds people to a very high standard, I think is what it is. Like, you need to sit down and do your work. You need to, you know, be always be honest. You need to always commit yourself. But he's also kind of a goofball with, like, the chimpanzee joke. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> seems, like, really cruel, but then it wins everyone over which I would yeah. really happy to see. I know.
3: Yeah, that could have attention. gone really wrong. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes.
4: <laughs> oh, what about the one where it's like he like puts his death claw on the girl's face <gasps> and he says, no
2: crying!
0: <laughs> Deb and Chris, this is one for your manga history expertise. Would mm-hmm. you call this essay manga? Like what Nagata Kabi does? Hmm.
1: Hmm. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. But also it's... It's interesting cuz Chip mentioned it's a how-to book or like it's not doing how-to it's not like you have to do this so it didn't get bogged down in the details cuz I thought he was going in a different direction when he said how-to because there's a part in this that we hadn't talked about yet where she has to cram to actually get into school and so e- she buys these guides that are available at you know the bookstore and things like that that like teach her how to do this like how to pass this part of this test how to pass this part of this test how to pass this part of this test and she gets really good at like gaming this system through these books this doesn't seem at all like a how-to book on how to become a mangaka, even though it's sort of as an autobiography, it's about her artist's journey, et cetera, et cetera, in the way that those how to become a mangaka books actually do exist in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like how to break in, how to whatever, how to find this and like this information, she wants to be a mangaka. She's just like come up with this way that it's going to work as a fantasy in her head because when this story happens, those books that that roadmap doesn't take place or doesn't exist now or in that in that place, sorry. So I think it's, I was kind of expecting when I went into this book for it to be uh, how you too can become a shoujo mangaka. And it's like, yeah. obviously having read Tokyo Tataraba Girls, I should have been like, oh no, because that's, that's not what Iga Shimura Sensei does. Like this is, that is not what she does. But I was kind of expecting this to be more of more of a how-to and less of a an essay manga, less of a personal story and mm. more of a how I did it and you can do it too. And it's, it is, it's very personal. There's some, something going on with the sensei. I think like, I haven't read past volume one. I really want to oh. actually, I really want to, but I decided. There's only trick, five volumes.
4: It. It's so good. I
1: yeah. know. And I plan to read them all. Don't worry. <laughs> but I, I want to do one episode where I couldn't just read ahead yeah, and yeah. talk about things that are not in this text. Fair enough. Uh, I'll do I, the I, same.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: do every single time I, we do one of these things, but yeah, I, I really like it could be going in a place that really does move it to a very personal essay space is my thought. Mm-hmm. Deb, what do you think?
4: There's definitely essay aspects of it where like she's explaining the art school admission process, which is super mm-hmm. helpful because it's so different. It's mm-hmm. so unique to Japan.
2: Yeah,
3: but that's also just for context for the story itself.
4: Yeah. No, it's kind of nice that she explains it because I don't think you know like as someone who you know is not familiar with that system, it was really helpful
0: to understand. Yeah. Would it be mm. like taken as read in Japan? Like most people kind of know how this system works?
4: I don't think but, everyone tries to get into art.
0: School. Ah,
1: okay.
4: True. Right? Like, and she
1: even says a couple times at the very beginning, like, Oh, you guys won't know this band or this magazine or whatever, just look it up because you're young. So I think <laughs> she, <laughs> there's that, yes. And, and she does explain a couple times it's like, I think they changed the system just afterwards, so it won't work anymore, so don't bother trying it. And like like, oh, yeah. she is very much talking about a place and a time and how things worked. So, yeah, she has to give context, but it's also part of her story. Like, these, mm. this is why she had to do this thing. Because if she just ended up, it's like, oh, I had to go to Kanazawa to do this test. And she didn't explain the whole testing procedure. You could have gotten away with it as, like, a story or as a piece of fiction. But as a personal story, I don't think she could have gotten away with it. Okay. Makes sense to me. Well, I mean... You can also disagree, but that's that's my reading.
0: No, yeah, I was just curious about your take. It's interesting because there's a bit I'm gonna leap ahead, like <laughs> Dev and Chris just said they weren't gonna do in volume two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, Where she comes back to her college and gives us a, a speech, like a, a talk to the the current class, like after she's made herself as a manga, after she's like seen all this fame and she meets like a teacher from back then, her friends and that kind of thing. And the teacher is just casually like, "Oh yeah, You're like we have a manga program now. Like this is a thing we do." When wow. she's kind of sheepish about, you know, like I felt like I ran away from fine art, she says, or something like in that realm. And the teacher's like, "No, like you were honestly like really good for us. Like this really worked out."
3: Oh man, that's so funny because like I had the exact same thing with my college because yeah. like
0: going into college,
3: like you were not allowed to draw comics. You could mm. draw comics or fantasy. Like those were in like the portfolio requirements, like no comics, no like nothing <laughs> like that. And it kind of, you know, beat it out of a lot of us. Yeah. But you know, as 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 is the way, like a lot of us went on and did comics. So now they invite us back to the college to promote like the successful graduates. Because it's me, Kegan McLeod, Jeff Lemire, Ramon Perez geez wow. <laughs> and so like we'll have these events where we'll go and be like a full room and like we're just kind of laughing to ourselves like you didn't want us here at all <laughs> <You should laughs> and was, that was like our faces are on the that. brochures i'm like come on but but you know it, it it turned out to be you know one of the only ways you can actually maybe possibly make a living while destroying your body and so they <laughs> latched onto that and they can sell the program that way
0: it's just that in the nfl who knew? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, so many comic concussions.
4: Somehow, I don't think there's like a what, like MTV cribs for a comic book artist with the giant oh, mansion be, no. with the with
2: the three
3: pools. I think it's just I think it's just Alex Ross. Oh, okay, I've seen okay. pictures yeah. of his place. Yeah, that, there's definitely a cribs. Yeah, in progress
0: there. <laughs> Chris, as a bookseller. Who would what kind of reader would you pick, pitch this book to? Like, who do you think would be into this?
1: So I was talking to Andrew, who is still a active bookseller, runs mm-hmm. Little Island Comics for kids. Sorry, um, I forgot you were title. the
0: John Wick of bookselling and currently retired. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm getting dragged back in
3: until they um, cancel his favorite comic, and he comes back and takes revenge.
1: <laughs> and I was, he was like, "What are you? What are you guys doing for the podcast tonight?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're doing Blank Canvas." It's really good. Have you read it? He's like, no, I haven't read it, but I've sold so much of it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's about a girl going to art school and following her dream, and like whatever. You just mentioned that, and it's the first thing a teacher or a librarian or someone who has someone who likes comics in her life picks up and is like, yeah, done. I want this because it's like, it's it's catnip, I guess, (laughs) in its way. You know what I mean? Like, I want something that's going to encourage people. I want something that's going to like show how someone did it, how how they found success. And it's not, like, I hate to say it, but it's not problematic. Like, there's no random boobs yet, <laughs> uh, in, at least in the first volume. And there there's isn't no, any. no, like, swearing. No. There's no so, whatever. teachers
4: and librarians of the world, you're safe. Please order yeah. blank canvas. It's fine.
3: <laughs> <order blank> canvas. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only problematic thing is the teacher beating the students with a wooden sword. I'm yeah. It was the 90s. It was the 70s. And, <laughs> it <different>. and, it's, <laughs>
4: and Japan. it's Japan. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give yeah. it a break.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, he, it, I think that that's, that's pretty much it. It's like, you... You just describe what this book is, and someone's going to know if it's for them. Whether they're yeah. buying it for a, a school or a public library, or whether they're buying it for themselves or a kid in their life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone has that, you know, niece or nephew that likes to draw. I wish that I had. I wish this book had existed ten years ago. I would have given it to my niece who likes to draw.
0: Yeah, I had a thought reading this, like comparing it to North American autobiographical comics that I've read, and how it's a little bit different. First, because. Like, having a female lead is one thing, but it being about, like, a comic artist, and you know it's going to end as success at the end, instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, like, oh, I wish I had health insurance.
4: Instead of, like, Dan Close, Art School Confidential, which is (laughs) cynical as all hell.
0: (laughs) Like, this is going places, and, like, it feels good to read, and I was like, what else feels like this? And what I came down on were sports biographies that were specifically co-written by the sports person in question, Mm -hmm. and, like, written by someone else, because there's always, like, that triumphal... Aspect to it, yeah. Even just the fact, like she keeps going back to her hometown, and like all the the title pages for each chapter is like a cool landscape, and then a figure. Like it just looks, it looks like a book that you're supposed to take lessons from, or maybe emulate in some way in your own personal way. I would say, yeah. Cool. So we can do final thoughts, and then also if you have a North American comic to compare it to, you can throw that in the mix too. Let's start with Chip, then Chris, then Deb. <sighs>
3: i love it it like i said earlier it really hits home i think i keep i keep debating whether or not it would have been a book that i would have appreciated as a younger artist when i was in the egotistical phase like whether it would have actually like made me realize that maybe i'm not great yeah but i I think it's i think it's good that i came to it now at this stage of my life so i can look back on it the way the author's looking back on on her life it's really well told informative it it definitely makes me want to hit volume two at some point
2: yeah Mm. yeah i quite like it
3: in terms of comparisons yeah i don't know i don't know because it's hard because like we were saying or what you're saying like autobiocomics are all just like cynical or yeah like coming from a place of like not successful so there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel in a lot of autobiography <laughs> comics. It's like, I do this because it's a compulsion, even though my wife hates that I do it and I can't make the rent,
1: which
3: yeah. is, you know, most of comics. So, yeah, I can't think of a, a proper comparison.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Chris, how about you?
1: Yeah. Final thoughts. I think it's. I think I do appreciate it more as a grown up than I would have as a teen. I would have been on her side and been like, "This guy's a jerk," and I hope he gets his comeuppance. And now it's just like you can kind of see all the pieces moving, or I could see all the pieces. And I really, I really enjoyed it. And I would have a, no problem recommending this to anyone who wants, like even people who don't necessarily, well, I guess that's what the podcast is and read a lot of manga. I think that this <laughs> is a good one to start with, maybe if you're yeah. if you're not sure, um, except for it reading backwards and having some. Japanese cultural stuff that doesn't 100% make sense. But uh, they say google conceived. it. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, you can also google it too. Yeah, there's nothing
3: there that like pulled me out of the story.
1: There is one thing for me. I just remembered. Mm-hmm. There's a cutaway panel to that like early scroll that's considered the first manga with the frog <laughs> doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly a Japanese reference that like reference to that part of the story that is being referenced, you know, in in the, in the story itself. I did not get, and I was like, oh man, my cultural knowledge has a huge gap here, I've got to figure this out, and I just realized that that's the kind of thing that when a lot of of people that don't read manga, because I know I read manga and do the podcast now, are like, yeah, I try to get into manga, but there's just so much stuff I don't understand, and you're thinking, like, just read the story and let it wash over you, but like, no, like, there's one panel where all of a sudden it cuts away to two frogs and one of them has a rope, unexplained, and then goes to the next panel again, and you're like, what's that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I think... If you read a lot of comics at the very least, you're kind of trained to be like, all right, that image was weird, but we're going on to the next image and we're going to see what happens and see if it fits into context. And then by the time you're six or seven images down the road, you've kind of forgotten the weird frogs. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, the the, the story doesn't hinge on the frog panel.
1: But what if it does? Like, you get to volume five and it turns out the frog panel was the most important part. And if we had just known it was foreshadowing for like everyone dying at the end or something, like, I don't know. But yeah, I think. I think it's the kind of thing that does trip very close readers up that there's, it's comics are like a magic eye test. You can't focus on them too hard and you can't not focus on them enough. You have to just relax your eyes until the 3d image appears. And that that's how I approach comics. Like if I'm too focused on it, it's work. And if I'm not focused enough on it, I don't retain it. Or I just like end up just oh, reading yeah. the word balloons and skimming through. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who start reading comics, read it like pros, like they're reading it. And then you get to a panel that you can't explain or understand. And I don't even know, like all of a sudden you're just tripped up, right? You're out of the, like the immersion's gone. You're out of the moment. You can't see the sailboat anymore or whatever. (laughs) rats reference. Anyway, long story short, try to get past that, read it anyway. And there is, I can't think of anything exactly like it, but I do really like Dan Klaus's four page art school confidential. Yeah. Yeah. Comic that got turned into a movie somehow. It's great and has almost nothing to do with this so far, as far as we know. But it's a lot of fun.
3: Can I? Can I just say that your three D Magic Eye way of explaining comics makes so much sense?
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: that's, such, that's such a great way of looking at it. Because it's kind of like hmm. the the forest for the trees. Like hmm. you kind of, yeah. You 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 need that slight relaxation to actually like get lost in the world of it a little bit.
1: Hmm. I, yeah, I just yeah. came up with that on the cuff here. Oh, there you well,
3: go. You're, you're brilliant.
4: You're
1: a <laughs> <laughs> Deb, what did you think?
4: Oh, well, I, mean, I, could, I I love this on a, so many different levels, right? Because mm-hmm. I love her work. I love where manga artists talk about their lives, like, mm-hmm. you know, Drifting Life and Zoo in Winter. I like all of these things because it's a glimpse into what it's like to uh, go be, be a manga artist and what you what you have to go through to get mm-hmm. to that place. But also her self-deprecating humor is hilarious. Yeah, the character so she creates is really fun. It's really not, it has a really wonderful up and like like rhythm to it. Like, you know, funny moments and kind of like melancholy moments and like, what the hell just happened here moments, you know, and then yeah. explanations. And so it's kind of like have this nice kind of, uh, you know, nice rhythm to it that keeps you reading. It, mm-hmm. it does a nice mix of explaining and Engaging you in the story, introducing you to characters, which you know, it's—I'm sure—it seems—it seems effortless, but you know, being this good of a storyteller is kind of hard.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And the fact that she's coming at it from a place where she's willing to to show off that, yeah, I did some stupid stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not perfect, and I'm sure I'm successful now, but I have regrets, and I I think about things. I I like it, you know, on the level like because I was both an art student. And an art teacher. And
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, I think it's very, and I've had art teachers who were very important to me and really helped influence, change the trajectory of where I was going in my life. Because when you're in your, your teens and your 20s, you know, you're all potential, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's so many different paths you can take. And if you don't get the right influence at that time, you know, who knows? It's like sliding doors, right? What What could have happened? Mm-hmm. I'll interject with a little weird little story, but in Hawaii, I I used to be part of the artist in the school program. So they would hire me to go to different schools to teach art classes mm. as a supplement. Like I'm, I'm a professional artist and I'm teaching something. So I went to the school in this not so great part of town. <laughs> and like, a lot of the students were like either, you know, Hawaiian, uh, Filipino, you know, Samoan, Tongan, whatever. Just not the most well-equipped and not the most well-posh art department. So I mm-hmm. taught ceramics. There was this one teenage guy. He's, I think he was Filipino Hawaiian. And we were making pinch pots. You know, like you take a piece of clay, you pinch it and you make a, you make a little pot. And look like kids were struggling with it. But he, this one kid, he was so good at it. He made these beautiful shapes that were just like delicate and thin and just masterful and even. Like just had a natural touch for it. And I kept telling him, "Like, wow, this is so good. You've got a real feel for this, you know. Keep going, keep going. Um, see what you can do with it." And, like, and then, but the resident art teacher, the full-time art teacher, says, "That's not good. That's terrible. You know, you got to make it thicker. If you don't make the walls thicker, it's going to blow up in the kiln." And she would, she grabbed it from, it and she redid it for him.
2: Mm.
4: And I think about that kid a lot. Not not like every day, but I think about it like, wow, you know, like this. The wrong teacher just kills this this talent, kills mm-hmm. this natural this the joy at this moment. And it's like, who knows maybe this guy he's like a i don't know maybe he's working at some lame office job or maybe he's working in some warehouse. I have no idea because my interaction with him was only a week, mm. but it it makes me sad, you know mm-hmm. that art programs are being cut, budgets are being cut all over, yes, it's considered. you know, not necessary. And I I feel really strongly about, you know, having, giving people opportunity to be creative and encouraging them to be creative and empowering them to do it in a way that's meaningful to them. So when I see something like this, when I read a book like this, I think, yeah, you know, I was lucky. I was lucky like Higashimura. I got, I had a great art teachers. I had supportive parents who said, yeah, go ahead and do it won't pay but whatever <laughs> you're on your own <laughs> you, know? you know like they weren't they weren't the type of asian parents like no you have to take accounting accounting is a good profession yeah but, but mom i suck at math <laughs> you know what i mean so like they just let me do whatever so on all i think like higashimura i can look back on my life and so i lucked out i i you know the at certain trajectory points in my life i got allowed me to be here mm-hmm. yeah. to to live a creative life and to always you know bring art into my life and share it with other people and it's really important to me and i'm glad that no one told me not to yeah.
3: yeah yeah it's it's funny that i mean your interaction with that student just kind of brings it back to the idea of like encouragement versus critique and i think the answer is the encouragement has to come at the beginning
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah like like the fact that like the student had just discovered this joy and was good at it and then got shut down so quickly. Like that's horrible. Like I think you need, you need a few years of the encouragement before the critique comes in. Mm-hmm. But you like can't the be all encouragement. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh, before I forget the, the, the books that are equivalent, there's mm-hmm. one called art schooled by Jamie Coe from no Brow.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: That one's kind of like a longer version of art school confidential. <laughs>
2: Okay. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of
4: cynical. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, another one would be Smile, Raina Telgemeier.
2: Mm. I, I
4: feel mm. like Smile is kind of like an autobiographical comic. But I feel like sometimes young girls like reading it because Raina's telling it from the point of view of, like, I'm an adult now.
2: Yeah. I make comics. Yeah.
4: And you know what? I went through this mortifying embarrassment and pain, but I came out of it the other side, and you will too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Hmm. It's, it's funny, the tones are so different. Like yeah. the, the the resonance is there, I totally see it, but Higashi is so snarky sometimes that it didn't <laughs> even cross my mind.
3: Yeah, because it's I mean it's aimed <laughs> at different ages. Like yeah. obviously Reina's aimed younger. But yeah. but coming but yeah, coming from the ALA perspective, I think
0: kids really appreciate that. For sure.
3: Yeah, and, I want to echo
0: what Deb said about supporting the arts and especially with kids, like in your local vicinity. If there are any nonprofits or like after school programs you can help out with i've done a few there's this writing program called 826 it's really fun it's a, there's like new york san francisco and i think maybe la yeah, just help out. Like it really can change a kid's life.
3: I constantly want to do it because there's a, this a school just like a block away from me. I walk by every day and I say hi oh, to wow. the kids. Yeah, I, I can see in their art class like as I walk <laughs> by, and I'm just like, how would this go? Where I go and I tell them what I do for a living, and then they Google me, and immediately they pull up sex criminals. Like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not teaching those kids. I keep telling my wife yeah. It's like I, I desperately want to go in because I'm like, oh, I do Man and stuff some other things just ignore <laughs> that parents teachers haven't you ever gone to like to career days where like you
4: know people will people ask you to go and come talk to my 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 uh my uh my class about your career as a professional right and like i have my friend john does this all the time he goes to classrooms and they i said i'm a professional cartoonist and he says all the time they always ask him how much money do you make
2: yeah yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up,
4: little one.
0: <laughs>
4: you can make a lot of money has a soul sucking career for your
2: whole life.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So my comparison is actually not a comic. I feel like if you if you smile when I say the name Daria, you will probably like
2: this comic.
0: <laughs> like I just have a hunch that this is kind of in your wheelhouse. But Doesn't
4: that girl, the girl with the hairpins, look like Daria's friend? The, the totally. Girls?
0: That's exactly why it popped into my head, and then like it kept working as I was thinking about it, like kind of applying the metaphor. But we'll take a break for some advertisements, and then we'll come back for, I don't know, maybe Q and A, maybe a shout out. We'll see what we've got.
2: You have one unheard message.
4: I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
3: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this?
0: Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right, and we are back. I said Q&A, I said shout outs, but there's something we have to do first before we do anything else, which is picking more books for our manga podcast.
2: Woohoo! Woohoo!
0: I'm glad somebody's. Let's excited. Keep coming, thank you, Chris.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> where's Where's that button of the sound effects?
3: Yeah, you're really falling you're down. To to job the job there, Chris. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <sighs> so, Deb, do you know what book you'd like to suggest Chip read next?
4: I do, but it might <laughs> it might be something that I'm not sure if you're comfortable making this purchase.
0: But we'll oh try. man, <laughs>
4: okay. what?
2: <laughs> okay,
0: who are you so, talking to Is this going to gonna be a snuff comic?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on the list, kinda. Um, okay,
3: kinda. Jesus, <laughs>
4: I've intrigued you, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: you yeah, You're doing a good job.
4: Okay, yeah. so my pick is something brand spanking new. Okay. So damn new <laughs> that it's not even in print. It's da dan da <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write down the, the author's name. But it's a new Shonen Jump series. It's only available on the website, and okay. it's. I'm going to recommend you read chapters one to five because that is the equivalent of volume one, in okay. the as the man, when the, when the manga eventually comes out. So anyway, it's a story about a a nerdy boy who believes in UFOs and unexplained phenomenon, and a girl who believes in ghosts, and. They kind of meet each other in high school, and they say, ha, huh, what are you talking about? That's That stuff ain't real. And he goes, no, oh, your stuff ain't real. So they kind of dare each other to go to paranormal hotspots of their respective things. So the girl goes to this place where aliens have been spotted. And the boy goes to a place where ghosts have been spotted. And because this is comics, they both run into both of the respective phenomenon. The boy Spoilers. runs into a... a, a horrific ghost, revengeful ghost, and the girl runs into some aliens who abduct her. It's kind of a wild ride. I don't really want to get too much more into it, but the art's yeah. really great. The The twists are really interesting. It is only available on the Viz website, and you have to sign in with an account because some of the content requires that you're 18 and older. So that <laughs> takes care of your nice art, grown-up content.
2: Whoa.
3: Way weird. <laughs> it sounds like such a kid's book based on the
0: premise, but all right, not. 18 plus. The creator of Don Da Don. Wait a minute, did I even say that right? You did. Don yeah, yeah, Don Da Don. 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 <laughs> Yukinobu Tatsu. It was actually the assistant on one of my series that I edit, Hell's Paradise, for like, I don't know, 10 volumes or something like that. Quite a oh, while. Wow. I didn't so know. It's really that. cool to see if there's any kind of overlap in the art style. Chris, do you have a pick?
1: so I do have a pick I did have a pick until Deb just accidentally <laughs> ruined my pick did um, I do
4: that I'm sorry
0: is your no, pick I'm now Don, to Don Don 6 through 10 yeah, yeah.
1: We're, just gonna, we're just gonna read all 28 chapters of Don to Don no I was actually gonna pick another Shonen Jump exclusive that's digital exclusive and it's look back by the by the creator of Chainsaw Man but you know we do a lot <gasps> oh, of oh that
4: was amazing
1: it is good and it would have that's been so thematically appropriate too to this episode but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no, we just can just still kidding. do that yeah no it's man we pick a lot of jump and kodansha and it's like there's a lot of publishers out there we should probably try and show some love to you. like deb's suggestion is already going to get you buying a shonen jump <laughs> subscription so like we've done we've done the work there you your gear set so i actually All wanted right. to go back to a, an old favorite and there's no digital for it unfortunately so you're gonna have to go to a store and buy a copy
3: is it two frogs on a rope
1: it is Two Frogs in <laughs> a Rope. Right. No, It is called A Drunken Dream and Other Stories by Moto Hagio, And Moto Hagyo is one of the sort of great shoujo mangaka. It's the classic shojo manga that we've sort of been reading around and hinting at all season or last season too, I guess, when we we're talking about this. It's a collection of short stories that spans her entire career. And it sort of shows her development as an artist. It shows her development as a storyteller. And, you know, Really gets to some of the the core of of what she likes to do with her manga. It was published by fana graphics in two thousand and ten, and it appears to be it was reprinted partly in print right now. I can't tell a hundred percent for sure. Actually, no, I saw it at my local bookstore. But okay, great. month ago, yeah, uh, it's a little bit. Yeah, Fana let this book go out of print, but then it came back into print, so I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's it's showing up on many online book sites you'll be able to get a copy no problem i hear the beguiling has it in stock right now
3: so is it only physical
1: it is only physical no digital for you Uh, but it's a really beautiful book that i think you won't mind adding to that shelf (laughs) we'll see we'll see
4: she's kind of well known for her science fiction work too
1: so (laughs) it's all the things that you like about it's a lot of the things that you like about maga where it talks about a creator over the course of their career and it's really pretty i think it's a good introduction if we're ever going to do rose of versailles it's a good introduction to what manga shoujo manga was like in the 70s like when we were reading blank canvas and things like that to sort of set the mood let's say for future picks moto hagyo drunken dream and other stories fanagraphics i think it's a good one
0: all right that's a great pick, but I'm furious because I owned that book 10 years ago and I have to buy it again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why did you get rid of it? It's not very good.
0: No, it was really good. I ended up giving it to a friend who was like a big Hagio fan who couldn't find it. Oh. Okay. And you know, my bookshelves are always bursting anyway. So I was like, I will bless you with this and you will owe me a favor one day. Yeah. So great pick, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you. I guess now the favor is to lend you the book. Right? <laughs> yeah, Expedited.
1: <laughs> yeah. California. David, what's your pick? What are you thinking? My pick is something
0: I'm going to use to ease the anger from Chris's pick. It is called <laughs> City by Keiichi oh, Arawi. Oh, and man. yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to read the Amazon description. <laughs> the Surreal slapstick series revolves around a pe- penniless college student, Midori Nagamo who lives in an ordinary city filled with not-quite-ordinary people. And as this reckless girl runs about, she sets the city in motion. Midori is in a bit of a bind. She's in debt, and her landlady's trying to shake her down for unpaid rent. Her best friend refuses to loan her cash since he's wise up to her tricks. Maybe some bullying would help, or a bit of petty theft. Neither is sustainable. Maybe getting a job would settle things. But working means less time for fun adventures in the big city. And... This description is actually not funny enough for how slapstick the series is. All right. Imagine Rocky and Bullwinkle in a city full of Rocky and Bullwinkles. Like, that's (laughs) the (laughs) That's a good description. Uh, David knows how to sell the (laughs) book.
4: He does. He does.
0: (laughs) It's just nested, incredibly slapstick, like, smart dumb humor, where the punchline is really kind of, like, bottom of the barrel, but the route to get there took you all over the world. Yeah. It's a really funny series. I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun to talk about because there's kind of no possible context that could prepare you for it. It's just like <laughs> wacky antics every page, punchline every third page, something like that.
3: Well, David, you, you done did it again. You, you sold me on this thing. You're my top pick. Fantastic. Good job. <laughs> Deb, you are number two only because Chris, of course, picked a physical book. And I'm going to put that off for as long as I can. I would also like to throw in a pick as well. What? A chip pick? Unprecedented or precedented once before. I would like to finish BL Metamorphosis because I've been thinking about that book often since we read Volume 1. And knowing that, was it, there's five volumes total?
4: Volume 5 comes out in uh, September 22nd. Okay. So,
3: yeah. So, I think we should finish that bad boy off we got to see how that young lady
0: becomes young again and lives forever. I'm stoked. Which I'm, I'm assuming hope. is what happens. I mean, it's called Metamorphosis. Surely that's the direction they're going. Yeah, see, them.
3: there you go. <laughs> I forgot to mention that I thought when, when the title BL Metamorphosis was first mentioned, I thought it was a horror book. Because <laughs> it sound, the title sounds like a horror book, especially if you don't know what boys love is yeah bl metamorphosis i have no Sound <laughs> sounded I, like frank and fran part two or something
4: i kind of have no idea how that how they came to that translation of that title
0: honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so good yeah when do you want to do that before after
3: uh, well I, I think i mean was it september 22nd mm-hmm. i think we should do it like w- as the the final volume comes out so we can actually
0: read it Okay so that would no. go probably bl metamorphosis then city then deb's pick then chris's pick
1: well you'll be pleased to know that beetle metamorphosis comes out on the 22nd and our record date is the 22nd oh sorry. So, you can actually read three and four now and then read five on the day of recording we can all be like day of that'd be pretty fun
0: all right let's give it a shot cool Alright, so does anyone have any shout outs before we wrap up today?
3: I'm just gonna shout out they announced my new Marvel event today, Devil's Rain. If you love events, if you love Daredevil, you gotta hit this. It's just gonna be just universe shaking. Nice. Just wow. like all the other Marvel events.
0: So just like it. Is it is the title a purple rain reference or?
3: <laughs> no. There's <laughs> a manga splitting exclusive. I called it the Fear King. And then the sales department was like, that's stupid. No one's going to buy it. (laughs) And then when I called it The Secret King, and they said, oh, the word secret doesn't sell anymore. I'm like, "Oh, that's insane. (laughs) And so after a list of like 20, we ended on Hell's Reign. This was their choice. And then they they realized, oh, we can't sell a book with hell in the title in the southern states. So it changed (laughs) to Devil's Reign nice <laughs> there's a peek behind the curtain of marvel comics i love it <laughs> so i just so i don't even know what it means anymore
0: it means purple daredevil shows up on the last page of issue five exactly. on a motorcycle yeah exactly. Apollonia. <laughs> chris did I'll you try. have anything
1: no i've been man just manga 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 i'm really trying to catch up on stuff i've been missing so
0: <laughs> deb
4: i finished watching all the evangelion movies i feel like i deserve a cold star for that
1: Nice,
0: congratulations! I still (laughs) need to see part four, but I'm looking forward to it. It was good. Hopefully, (laughs) okay.
4: I mean, it was. It didn't, you know, have me like throwing soda cups at the screen. Like I think, like past versions of End of (laughs) Evangelion. (laughs) I I I I got it. I mean, I liked it. Mm. I still Googled every article about what was that ending all about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course.
4: (laughs) One of those (laughs)
2: endings.
0: Yeah, love it. But it was good. Nice. Cool. My shout out is to a friend of mine, Alyssa Sala. Her new book Weaboo is debut- wow. debuting. Wow. Alyssa Sala, my friend has a book debuting named Weaboo that's coming from Oni Press very soon. You should pre-order it. Uh, you can find her work at bonfirecomics.com, but she's kind of like she grew up on manga, she loves comics and she's kind of like one of the types of people that I feel like our podcast is really good for, kind of no, like okay. sitting across the North American and Japanese divide. Nice. check out Alyssa's graphic novel it looks really cool it's about anime and otaku culture in a high school and that's all I got so on behalf of Chip Chris and Deb I am David and thank you for listening to my explaining This has been Manga Splaining, episode number 31. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Blood on the Tracks by Shuzo Oshimi. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com, or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.